0: Welcome to Local Anesthetic. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Um, This is our fifth episode now, and the format of the show is this. Myself and Rob. Say hello, Rob. Evening, Rob. We look at news um, from our respective hometowns um, for the purposes of criticism and comment. Um, So for myself, that's South East London. It's where I live. It's where I grew up. And for Rob, he also lives in South East London, but his original hometown is somewhere else... Do you want to say where that is, Rob, for the benefit of the listeners? What did we say last week? You made me say where it was. Yeah. Um, I said it's somewhere to do with Stroud, Gloucestershire. I really actually can't tell you anything more than that. The local papers I'm
1: looking at are the Stroud uh, News and Journal and the Swindon uh, Appetiser.
0: And your hometown is?
1: Well, it's not really. It's a village.
0: Okay. And it's Chelford. Chelford. I'll try and remember that for next week, I promise you. Um, Yeah, so... The show is also open for you to contribute so we want you to email your local stories in Mm. from, from your local area and we're going to give out the email address at the end of the show to tell you how you can do that. We are also on iTunes and we have our own web page. The web page can be found at localanesthetic.libsyn.com. We're going to spell anaesthetic at the end of the program, but Libsyn is spelt L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. So that's localanesthetic.libsyn.com. Libsyn Libsyn are our hosting service. And from there you can download all of our episodes next to each episode there's a little icon that says pod i think yeah and you click on that and you can download it you know just out of interest or download them all download them all but of course you can do it from itunes we can be found on itunes extremely easily indeed you can either search for local anesthetic either the english spelling of anesthetic or the american spelling or you can simply put alex and rob into um, into the search box, and you'll see that under podcast we're there. I think it's the second result, local anaesthetic.
1: Yeah, we're not a first result, by the way, which we've already discussed this evening between ourselves.
0: There is a, yeah, I think there's another there's another podcast called um, called uh, Bedtime with Alex and Rob. That is nothing to do with us. I, I want to make that clear.
1: But that's quite. I mean,
0: could we not do that? Um, Maybe book corner. Where? How about we read a book each week in bed? In bed, naked, ideally. I'm not interested in you in that way, Rob. Right, just be meeting them. <laughs> yep. You can start up your own podcast. <laughs> Rob's Naked Book Read. Rob's Naked Book Read. Yeah. Now, uh, we do have an email submission of a story. Oh, really? We do. Oh, okay. uh, uh, Now, that. the email actually came from somebody I know, somebody I work with. Um... Uh, and he told me about these stories he's been listening to our podcast he lives down in Chatham and he told me about some stories he'd read in his local paper and I do just want to give him a a sort of a a name check here if you like because he actually has his own blog as well um it's called flea pits and picture palaces it can be found at flea pits and picture com. it's um it's a blog all about his thoughts on he's a big big film buff a big horror film massive, buff massive. and he has an extremely good blog um, which is uh, his thoughts on all things to do with uh, movies and film, and I recommend it, so you can go and look at that.
1: He's a lovely guy as well, I'd like to say.
0: Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Stop um, brown-losing, Rob. I'm just hoping he'll
1: maybe advertise us on his blog.
0: Yeah, you know. uh, Paul, if you're listening, put a link to our uh, podcast on your blog, please. Now, I'm going to read out these stories he, s- he told me about. The, 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 it's one story, but there's sort of two articles about it. Um, he has obviously listened to our podcast and heard the, the unusual amounts of stories relating to animal cruelty. People are going to start thinking this is what this podcast is about. It's not about that. Um, so, this is a story. Ten cats dead after being poisoned by antifreeze in Rochester. Oh so, this was, um, the this, the, this was uh, in January of this year, and then there's a follow-up article I'm going to read in a moment. For so cat owners are being warned to be on their guard after ten cats in a road in Who... Who?
1: Yeah, who? I
0: know, it's H double O. Died from antifreeze poisoning. Animal charity, the RSPCA, who must be incredibly busy, (laughs) said it believes it's being carried out deliberately. Um, In the WHO in Harlow, Essex, a further three cats have died from antifreeze poisoning over the past month. In Braintree, ten cats have died. In Cherry Tree Rise, doesn't that sound nice? Cherry Tree Rise. Um, Essex, two cats have recently been killed by antifreeze.
1: I think when you put the two things together, Jerry Turrides have been killed by antifreeze, two cats have been killed by antifreeze. It's not
0: quite, does this it spoils the romanticism of the name, does oh, yeah, it, somewhat? So, yeah. um, RSPCA Inspector Stephen Reeves said, we are deeply concerned about and extremely saddened by this spate of vehicle antifreeze poisoning of cats. Unfortunately, the taste of antifreeze is very attractive to cats, and ingesting just the smallest amount can lead to kidney failure and death. Now, Rob, signs of antifreeze poisoning... But, sorry. Sorry.
1: So, they're... The RSPCA just said that antifreeze is attractive to cats they find it appealing.
0: Yeah. Cat cats are that's part of the problem. They eat the antifreeze because actually there's something in it which they to. How do you not know to. this is an overdose? The cats are seeking out the antifreeze. Yes. Well like they've got they've a, a they've a sort of, um top cat type figure, you know, wearing a bowler hat for a shape, not bowler hat top hat. <laughs> what was he wearing? <laughs> I like the bowler hat better. What was he wearing? It was just a hat.
1: Yeah, it was it was a trouble, wasn't it?
0: If anybody knows what sort of hat <laughs> Top Cat wore, please please email us. <laughs> anyway, here. yeah. Uh, um, it's hanging around on the street corner. Opens his
1: coat, kind of.
0: Antifreeze. antifreeze. Yeah.
1: yeah. Catnip changes hands. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. I see what so you're that going happens. with this. That, that could be potentially what's happening. Yeah. Signs of antifreeze poisoning can be seen anything from 30 minutes after a cat has ingested the chemical, though it can be two or three days before signs of kidney failure are seen. The signs of antifreeze poisoning include one or several of the following. And what I want to know, Rob, is how many of these are you suffering really from any of these <laughs> symptoms? Vomiting,
1: on and off, yeah, but it's not it's not a problem. Seeming depressed or sleepy. Well, again, that's that's a constant.
0: Yeah. Appearing drunk and uncoordinated. I've got to say that for you, you do appear drunk and uncoordinated all of the time. Again, that's uh, yeah. Seizures, on occasions. Um, difficulty breathing. Um, increased thirst? Always. That, that could be the alcohol. And increased urination? Uh, yeah, I'm doing it as we speak. Basically, then, I have to take you to a vet immediately, and if possible, I should take a sample of what you've eaten or drunk. That's actually a relief,
1: because I thought it was my crack addiction that's causing
0: it. No, it's not if the antifreeze, freeze oh, You've got okay. to stop going to see this top cap type character. But he does, me, he does me a cheap deal. I get two for one. So, um, uh, maybe after the show, if you could um, deposit a sample in this container I'm giving you now, and uh, you can do that, and then we'll go to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> it can have uh, be put down. Sorry? It can have been put down. Do you want to be put down?
1: Well, I wasn't... Uh, I was saying, are you asking? I mean, did I, I, not. I, I quite like the crack edition.
0: It keeps me warm at night. There is another uh, follow-up article on this. Uh, this is how we he heard about it, because it's more recent. Uh, another cat poisoning in Medway. A cat owner, now, now this, this story reminded me, do you remember last week we spoke about the guy whose cat was murdered?
1: Yeah, I, I can I just, before we start this, I think I should just actually give a genuine apology. Because
0: Rob did apologise, you said last week, I want to apologise for the man whose cat was murdered, excessive crying, because according to the man he cries solidly for two weeks.
1: Don't make me laugh, this isn't good. No, but seriously, I'd like to apologise, I, I understand that the family were very distraught and I'd like, I'd like to just issue a sincere apology for
0: this. A cat owner has spoken of her devastation over the poisoning of her beloved pet just weeks after ten cats were deliberately killed by antifreeze in Medway. Dawn Hustler, interesting, good name. said her cat Barney had been poisoned by phosphorus, a chemical found in rat poison and some fertilisers. She said after three weeks of fighting the poison in his body, Barney had a stroke and had to be put down. She says, my cats are babies and we love them all dearly and we have been left absolutely devastated by this, said Mrs Hustler, who has four other cats. I wish I knew who was doing this. It's very near to me as Barney never went too far and we have a big garden. When I say we are devastated, you could never know the pain this has caused us and the tears I have shed over the last three weeks and continue to do so. Dude, I just want Don't pe- smile at that. I just want people to think of the consequences as I don't think they realise that some of us have very close relationships with our cats.
1: Yeah, I know, I know this.
0: My Barney always stayed with me when I was ill. A pet like that can never be replaced. So I read this story out really well to make you feel bad because... The last guy might have cried solidly for two weeks but this woman says she's been crying solidly for three weeks and it's continuing
1: well I'm sorry for your loss
0: Um, we should say this week we're we're sort of taking a break somewhat from the regular format we don't have lots of different stories this week what's happened is, is that Rob has a story which you've told me is quite extensive and which you just want to focus on. Yeah. And I, coincidentally, have the same. Uh, I've kind of got one major story that I've just got to focus on, to so the exclusion of all others. But we're going to start with you, Rob. Okay. Right, so um, this story was, was actually in the Stroud News and Journal. The first story
1: was... The communist, fascist, breakaway state of Stroud. Absolutely. Um, the story ran... The first story was on the 29th of February, and the, the last story was on the 7th of March. And there's four stories which I've tried to condense down into, into just the one story. Uh, the first story was by Tamash Lal. Tamash Lal. Um, Tamash Lal. Okay. And uh, the other stories were by the, the faceless android um, SNJ reporter.
0: The Stroud News and Journal reporter who never gets named. They're just this sort of faceless automaton. Well,
1: since uh, the junta have taken over control of, uh, of Stroud, um, now obviously any journalist have to just... Be unified, so they just go into the, the one.
0: There's no one identity it. anymore.
1: No, basically, yeah. So the headline is uh, Court told that 87 year old man was charged £50,000 for roof repairs worth £2,000. Um, a court heard how an 87 year old man was charged uh, £50,000 for building work to his roof that was worth no more than £2,000. Wow. Yeah, it's quite excessive. A jury at Gloucester Crown Court was told that the householder. Than busage, was the victim of a scam by two men, Shane Cole, aged 24, of Sutton, Scotney, and Jimmy Barney, aged 34, of Bradley Road, Warminster. Both deny fraud by falsely claiming that the work needed doing in the man's house when it was not necessary. They also denied falsely obtaining more money than the same man when no more work had been done. Prosecutor Mark Worsley said on Monday, he, in brackets the elderly man, was taken advantage of by Shane Cole and Jimmy Barney, persuaded him to hand over £50,000 for work which would have cost a, fr- a fraction of that. Um, a surveyor found that the work that had been done was very poor and was worth £2,000 the most.
0: So that's the first story. That's the first story. This is the genesis of this story then. So we've got this pensioner who, uh, presumably these, these dodgy characters have turned up at his house and, and said he needs all this work done and, 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 and are massively overcharged him. So, the, the, um, the second story... By the faceless, automaton, yep. Stroud News and Journal, Android Reporter.
1: This one focuses, first of all, on Jimmy Barney. Uh, Jimmy Barney of Warminster admitted that he went to the victim's home in Busage, uh, near Stroud, Gloucestershire, but said that it was, was only for a favour for three travellers he had met, just met nearby. Um, he said he was out driving with a friend, when they met the travellers who told him the 87-year-old man owed them money and asked him to go and
0: collect it. So hang on, so just so I can digest all this. So he's saying... I mean, it's a great, he's saying I met three... It's like a sort of... It's like a Jack and the Beanstalk tale. I met... Th- I was I was just on my way, My my business, and I ran into three travellers who told, who told me that this old guy owed them money and asked me, me, Jimmy Barney, to go and collect the cash. Yeah, right.
1: Which he did. But then they said to him... They explained they didn't want to go to the man themselves because the last time they were there, they had damaged a vehicle in his driveway. So, he said... He agreed to go to the mans just to collect a cheque on their behalf, which is why he was photographed by a covert police camera trained on the front door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why was there a covert police... <laughs> because you had the elderly
1: guy already let the police know by this point. And they I don't think so. I'm this, is what, I, this is what... I don't I understand
0: ask, why it was there in the first place. Can I ask you a question, Rob? This is Stroud. Yeah. Wasn't one of your stories a few weeks ago about complete bumbling incompetence of the police force in that area when yeah. there was a Ghana moped who was harassing some family in their car by sort of side swiping and smashing into their bumper and the police decided not to give chase to him because he was driving too dangerously <laughs> on this moped and to go and pick him up the next day Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and just went home so what's happened now is and there? now they're putting covert cameras on people's houses yeah. you know why? Because this is what happens in the fascist, communist state. The towns of the lockdown. Yeah, the towns of the lockdown. In North Korea, everybody's under surveillance. The same here. That's what's happened. And
1: unfortunately, this Jimmy Barney, who's obviously not from the area, managed to, unfortunately managed to break into this 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 um, breakaway state. God knows how. Must have false papers. And um, <laughs> was obviously travelling through with a friend. And um, came across three... Well, I was about to say three Romani types, but there's nothing to suggest they were Romani types. I was just travellers, that's why. Anyway, um... A Gloucester Crown court, Barney, of Bradley Lane Warminster, is jointly accused with Shane Cole with fraud by claiming payments for work that had not been done. So is Shane is Shane Cole is Shane Cole one of the travellers that he said he met? Yes. Now this is where it gets interesting. Shane Cole has already told the jury he was not the man calling himself Joey Banks, who was clearly the leader of the racket. He said that at the time of the offences he was a slave to a gypsy master who took his phone, money and bank cards from him and made him work.
0: So Shane Cole, one of these travellers, who apparently accosted Jimmy Barney. Yes, that's right, yeah. He says that I was working for a gypsy master, which sounds brilliant, a gypsy master. I don't know why, but a gypsy master sounds like they have magical powers. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, you just imagine something with a a cloth on the head with with a crystal ball. Three
1: other defendants are also on trial accused of laundering money which were paid by the man to the gang. These are Cole's brother, William, so Shane Cole's brother, 26, of Burlington Lane, Sutton, Scotley. Uh, Simon Hawkins, 47, of Fields, Warminster. And Barry McGovern, 51, also of Fields, Warminster. Okay? So, the gang that we're now talking about is... If you can imagine, at the sh- at the top you've got
0: so you're doing me like a hierarchy. Yeah, you
1: know? I- I've also got this this handy diagram that I drew out for myself because I got so confused. So at the top you've got um, the boss, Shane Cole, aka the boss, aka Jerry Banks.
0: Right. Then you have his his team of of, of crooks: William Cole, Simon Hawkins, and Barry. McGowan or McGowan? Oh, McGowan. Sorry, do Barry McGowan. Yeah. Simon Hawkins is the only one with a va- with a vaguely normal sounding name, and then you've got the person they, they apparently accosted to go and get the money, Jimmy Barney. Yeah. But above Shane Cole, he's claiming that there is uh, his the, gypsy, yes, gypsy
1: master, right? Okay. And was known as the boss, which we'll get on to later.
0: Um, Simon Hawkins in
1: evidence told the jury it was true that he was paid a fifteen thousand pound check from the victim into his bank account, but he said he had no idea that it was dishonest. Um, Hawkins, a welder mechanic with a garage in the Warminster area said he had never met Shane Cole before the case, but he did know Jimmy Barney.
0: Right, hang on a minute. So, he, so, so Jimmy Barney didn't just run into this band no, of travellers then, they knew each other already. Yeah, precisely. Right. Um, <laughs> he goes and to say, who
1: was a local traveller he'd done a car work for in the past. So, so Jimmy he, Barney's also a traveller? Yes, he was also a traveller and he'd worked in it. So Hawkins would say that Jimmy Barney was a traveller and he'd repaired his car for him. Okay, okay. I'm with you. He said that McGarran told him that the £15,000 cheque Um, was to do with the sale of a lorry but he could not put it through his own bank account because it might affect his benefits payment (laughs) 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 which is understandable (laughs) surprisingly is that
0: a defence? I'm not sure but (laughs) anyway
1: McGowan paid him £100 for his time and trouble in in paying the cheque in and then collecting the cash for the bank he said he now realised he had been again in quotation marks a gullible mug Um, McGowan who was not legally represented told the jury that he'd been paid a £5,000 cheque into his own account And asked Hawkins to deal with a £15,000 cheque on behalf of an Irish tinker who was
0: stocky with blonde hair. (laughs) This is exactly what. It just sounds like they're trying to get off this by making everybody as confused as possible with this (laughs) endless web of deceit and lies and nonsense. Okay, so, but the money, the the, the cheques he was given
1: by by this Irish tinker with the the stocky blonde, uh, with stocky and blonde hair,
0: was definitely not Shane Cole, he said. Right. Okay. Okay. Maybe so, that's the gypsy master he's alluding to.
1: Yeah, so now Hawkins and McGowan are both saying that they have never met Shane Cole.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, I'm with you, I'm with you, okay. I hope the listener is too. This is <laughs> this is confusing but extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, so Mr McGowan says
1: I just thought it was to void a bit of tax. I know that might come under the heading of a criminal act,
0: but I didn't think it was anything like this, he said. What I love is the fact that so his defense, he's chosen for his defence admitting to doing a lesser he thinks that that'll probably be the evasion of tax will be a lesser criminal offense. So I'll just admit to that.
1: Yes but the next comment I don't really get what he says.
0: Right. Um,
1: at the time he said he was a raging alcoholic and a junkie but he cleaned himself up now. <laughs> so right. his defence is the fact that he didn't think it was that illegal and he was a raging alcoholic and a junkie so he just thought he'd cash his cheque anyway. <laughs> this this <laughs> is <laughs> how to pick <laughs>
0: yourself a hole in court really isn't it?
1: Okay, then this, then we're on to the third story now. Um, and this focuses on Shane Cole.
0: Ah, the elusive Shane Cole, okay. Yeah. What's the headline?
1: Um, the headline is... For trial, here's evidence from alleged leader. Right, okay. And this is also from the faceless J reporter. The alleged leader of the gang, which duped an 87-year-old man out of more than £50,000, told a joy today that at the time of the offences, he was a slave to a gypsy master. So we're back to the gypsy master yet again.
0: Oh, well, yes, okay.
1: Shane Cole, 25, said he was under control of a man he called The Boss and was not running the fraud racket against the man. Cole of Burlington Lane, uh, Sutton, Scotney, near Winchester, denied he was the man who called himself Joey Banks and led the gang which visited the man's house and pretended to do extensive extensive work. Right, okay. Um, The prosecution maintains that Shane Cole was in charge of the racket and they got checks from Mr Riley Mr Riley is, is the homeowner by the way oh this is the elderly man yeah yeah. Um, which he gave to his brother Hawkins and McGowan to put through the bank accounts okay right. so that's exactly what we've already known before in evidence Shane Cole married with two children said he was a vic- victim of mistaken identity um, and he had not been to the man's house or deceived him at the time of the offences he said he was working under the control of the boss effectively as a, as a gypsy slave <laughs> right The boss would take his money, bank cards, and phones from him and force him to work long and remitting hours for him, he said. He told the court he fell under the control of the boss when he was left by his wife and had no money or possessions. (laughs) He was using drugs and drinking and that was exploited by the boss to get control of him, he claimed. Right, so he's now saying this boss apparently just tried to hook him on drugs and that's how he did all this classic (laughs) roofing work (laughs) for (laughs) him. Right. Um... The boss will not allow his gangs to have tea breaks or even talk amongst themselves, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't sound like it's really unremitting work. It doesn't
0: sound like slave conditions. Well, no tea breaks, can't talk. That's pretty oppressive, Rob. I suppose for a build, builder, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, is, good uh, point. Would I have to
1: apologise for that? <laughs> no. no. Okay, right. well. Okay, uh, Mark Worsley said, prosecuting uh, to, to Cole, you're the boss, aren't you? One of the witnesses had told the court that she saw two men on Mr Riley's roof. One of them (laughs) them was tall and dark and slim, and he said to go and get the boss, who was Joey, and that was you. (laughs)
0: No, insisted Cole. <laughs> I love. The, so I, I just love the idea. This guy's got this like split person. He's trying to. He he is the boss. He is Joey Banks, and, he's, and it's and it's like it's like a child-like defence. Yeah. No, it's not me. It's somebody else. But we, but we don't know Alex. Maybe there was this boss controlling. Well, I, him. well I, I'm wondering that. I want to know. Maybe before we know, there is this elusive the boss, this yeah. gypsy master, keeping him under slave conditions. Absolutely, and, and I just
1: I want the last story now, um, which is guilty verdict road builders trial. Okay. Right. Here's the lovely picture of. of is Shane, that Shane Cole? Cole? This is Shane Cole, and I mean, I've just
0: thought, Rob, after having just seen the picture, <laughs> and just now, hang on a minute, I'm only just beginning to digest this. Do we need to be careful in 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 in, in reporting this? That man looks like he might kill me <laughs> and you. <laughs> well, he's been in prison, so we should be okay. But
1: He's going to get out, Rob. Also, he has a haircut that the. I don't know,
0: arcs back to the nineteen nineties. I mean, yeah. If you should find this story, that I mean, yeah. It, I'm not sure what's going on here. He's got yeah. He's got a sort of Simon Cowell-esque haircut going on there. The sort of middle parting. It's the it's the haircut I used to have when I was about fifteen. The one with the step. Yeah, the step. Do you remember, we called it the wedge. But yeah, the Oh, step. you called it so up up up
1: north? No, no. where do you live again? <laughs> well, this is what, I used to get my haircut in Sweden actually.
0: And where's that then? That sort of. Uh... It's southwest. Sa- oh, it's southwest. It's about an hour London. Yeah, so it's not far from Torquay then. But, 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 we, carry on. Where is it? Not well, nearer no. Torquay than London? Uh, no. Equidistant? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> uh, right. But, but you used to call it the wedge, we called it the step.
1: I mean, maybe this is why he needed the money to get a decent haircut. Shane Cole, 25, called nine times at a man's home in busage, demanding cheques for non existent work. At Gloucester Crown Court today, Wednesday, a jury found him guilty after eight days' trial of two charges of fraud by false representation, jailing him. Judge William Hart said, "In my judgment, you could not have had a more blatant example of deliberate targeting of a vulnerable victim like than this." He spent long period of time nursing and caring for his wife, who suffered from Alzheimer's disease. She died, and he was left alone, which is very tragic. Cole of Sutton Scotney, Winchester had been tried together with four other defendants who all alleged to have played roles in the fraud or in laundering the cheques. Right, here we go. So this is, this is what they all received, okay.
0: Jimmy Barney, at first. So Jimmy Barney's the guy who said, I just met three... Tra- I was going, walking along, whistling away, and I met three travellers who asked me to go and pick up this money for them, right? Yep. How long did he get? He was jailed for one year. One year. But the judge accepted that Barney got no money from the victim and that he
1: did not threaten or pester him when he refused to hand anything over.
0: Okay, so one it year. could
1: have been more, but he did go on to say, Barney was clearly working for Cole, the judge said.
0: Right, okay. Fair I think was as
1: we established. Okay, other defendants, Cole's brother William, so William Cole, and Baron McGovern, were convicted of laundering cheques paid to Cole by the victim. they yet to be sentenced. Okay? Um, a fifth defendant, Simon Hawkins, walked free from the court after the jury... Failed to agree on a verdict of whether he launched a £15,000 cheque.
0: Mm. And it's interesting that I thought he was the, one, the only one who had the normal founding name. Yeah, that's so maybe that stood him in good stead. They thought Simon Hawking sounds like a decent bloke. <laughs> yeah. See ya, mate. During the trial, the jury heard that Shane Cole,
1: calling himself Jerry Banks, led the scam in 2010, telling the elderly man he needed extensive roofing work done. And that's the end of the story. But, Rob, how long did Shane
0: Cole get? Um, he was in prison for three years. Ah! Yes. it's not that long Rob and he's going to be out after see three years to hunt us down i would
1: say I would say that 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 is an ev- that is an example that crime does pay I think three years for a 61 thousand pound profit well, I assume to they've had
0: be- to give back the money Rob is that how it works I think so you might want to stop Doing whatever activities you're doing in the hope that you'll only go down for a couple of years. And that but
1: is... I was just I was just like driving the other day and I met these three travellers who asked if I could get
0: this check. No, 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 you don't want to be doing that. But either. they said, I, are
1: they me for my troubles?
0: No, no, just leave it. But it was all kosher, yeah. What the, the, the so, sort of travelling Irish gypsy circus was it? It was a
1: circus, yeah, definitely. They said it was a circus, and there, there was a guy in the back. They kept calling him the boss. <laughs>
0: OK, Rob, this is um, the story I found. Now, what happened was I, I, I was collecting my stories for the week and I read this story, but then what happened was is that one of the comments on this story um, was suggesting that there were lots of articles in the New Shopper, where this story comes from, about this particular place. And that got me doing some research. And I just found in the New Shopper archives these, all these wonderful stories about this place. So I decided to collect them all together because I really wanted to share them with you. Right, like the article, this this first article, which was reported um, uh, about a week ago on the fifth of March, it's by Kelly Smale. Okay, so do bear with me because I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you this story and I'm going to give you the background to this story okay. so you can understand it more fully. But the headline is: Vandal's caused 800 pounds worth of damage to a sign at Eagle Heights in Amesford. Okay. okay. A wildlife park owner, so the wildlife (coughs) park is called Eagle Heights. Nice, like it. Is in, in quotes, despair (laughs) after vandals caused £800 worth of damage to a sign over the weekend. The two foot by four foot welcome sign at Eagle Heights in Ainsford was ripped from its wooden backboard, bent in half, and stuffed behind the original sign, which was put up. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant! Which was put up 15 years ago. Okay? Eagle Heights owner. Alan Ames, who you're going to be hearing a lot more of, I think it's Ames, or Amers, I'm going to say Ames, Alan Ames, he told the new shopper, it's another annoying incident, it's just so unnecessary. I'm worn out and I've had enough. Everything we try and do is just prevented. The 56-year-old added, I just despair, really. We try and try and try, but as soon as you get up, somebody knocks you down again. It (laughs) It does get a bit disheartening. I wouldn't mind if I was making millions of pounds, but I'm not. The family-run business was the victim to thieves in 2009 when a minibus was also stolen before being abandoned after Mr. Ames gave chase. He says there was also a spate of break-ins and thefts when chickens, ferrets and ducks were stolen. <laughs> the recent damage will set the family back in what, their fundraiser. you break. steal a duck? How do you steal a duck? No, why would you steal a duck? For some sort of uh, bestiality ring.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, yeah, Of course.
0: The recent damage will set the family back in their fundraising, which not only goes towards their own rescued animals, but also for many of the worldwide char- charities it supports, such as the Cheetah Conservation Fund in Nam... Namib. Nam- 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 <laughs> Namibia <Never beer. laughs> I couldn't get that out but you've got to love the quotes right I mean this science you know it is great isn't it I'm worn out I've had enough everything we try and do is just prevented I just despair really we try and try and try but as soon as you get up somebody knocks you down again
1: that does sound like a man at the end of his seven
0: <laughs> okay
1: can I just say though I think I mean I understand A pound I can't imagine the equipment just because they have bend the sign it, it would amount to 800 pounds. But I mean, the, the fact that someone stole their minibus, <laughs> that's quite...
0: It sounds like they're being targeted. <laughs> okay, well, keep listening. Right, right. There, were, there were a couple of comments that I want to read out to this story. The first person, City Girl 83 says, Why do people have to be so petty? I would hate to see Eagle Heights forced to close because of incidents like this. I would like one day to be able to take my own children there to enjoy it as I do. Okay? okay. The second comment by Jaded1... Says 800 quid for a sign. <laughs> Shop around, old chap. <laughs> I mean, I think he's making, I mean, I think he's filling out the dodgy insurance claim. <laughs> yeah, it was worth 800 pounds. No, I
1: agree, 800 pounds. I mean, it doesn't actually say anything to the sign, it just says they, they ripped off and bent it. Yeah,
0: bent it back. It's ruined, yeah. Rob. Ruined.
1: Why can't you not just bend it back?
0: Now, the last comment. They've here, got two signs. They said there's an old sign there. Do you, you use the old sign? He doesn't sign? want a bent sign. But the old one isn't bent, they started it behind the old one. I oh, see so you saying just keep the old one there. This is this isn't this is the fish about this. The last comment is from Chalky McCaw, and This is what got, <laughs> got <laughs> what Chalky McCaw, Yeah, and this is what got me to doing the research. And they said it's very strange how Eagle Heights seems to be specifically targeted when you consider the other similar articles on this site regarding theft and vandalism. Sorry to sound frank, but it all reeks of a cheap violin publicity campaign to me. When I read that, I thought, well, what other similar articles? So I did some research, and I found, well, I found a whole backstory which uh, I was crying a bit of reading this, Rob, so I do hope you enjoy it. Right. The next story that I'm going to read, by David Mills, so this was a, uh, I, I don't know what the date of this was, but it was some while before the article I just read you, maybe by a few months or something. Eagle Heights owner ready to act against thieves. A wildlife park owner says he's ready to take the law into his own hands if thieves continue to target his property. Can I show you a picture of Adam Ames? Because it will benefit Absolutely. you to the, the story. That's him. He's a big guy. He's a bruiser, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Eagle Lights director Alan Ames claims intruders and attempted thefts are a weekly occurrence at the park in Lullingston Lane, Ensford, which is one of the UK's largest bird of prey centres. According to the former soldier, Recent Jesus incidents. Christ. Recent incidents include his 23-year-old son being attacked with a baseball bat, putting him in hospital with a severely bruised face. <laughs> what? You're going to love all this. Two weeks ago, the park's minibus was also stolen before being abandoned after he gave chase. He must be a quick runner. Or do you think he was? But dro- look
1: at him! You know, I can imagine him powering behind
0: <laughs> yeah, it. The uh, literally
1: up next to the driver's window, just <laughs> punching on it. Yeah. Get out! <laughs>
0: You've really got this man nailed down because I'm telling you this is... Yeah, anyway, Mr. Ames says there have been thefts of chickens, ferrets and ducks as well as an attempt to steal his six husky puppies. In case trouble should break out, he has even moved out of his home in, in uh, Farningham to a cottage down the road from Eagle Heights. The 53-year-old has also bought two Presa Canario guard dogs to keep the intruders out. He says on average there is at least one problem every week. The father of two said... It's just endless. It wears you down. You never know what will happen next. I don't go out of the village in case I get a phone call from my son. If necessary, I'll take the law into my own hands. I'll use what I consider to be reasonable force. Mr. Ames added, it affects the morale of the staff. It's very worrying. I just want to be left alone to run Eagle Heights, to do the shows and educate people, without having to have a punch-up in the car park.
1: (laughs) Right, okay, I think I'm starting to get the measure of this. I can imagine there may be a very small incident of vandalism, maybe when he first opened Eagle Heights, and he, re- he retaliated by firebombing someone's house. And now, <laughs> and now there's obviously this vendetta that he started with the local village. I love that the
0: fact. That <laughs> you, could, you, you could interpret this as him being entirely innocent, but you've chosen to say <laughs> he's to blame for the fact that he over-escalated an original act of vandalism
1: imagine that he, maybe there was a little child that went along to his, his falconry park and the little child accidentally I don't know, walked into a bird and he punched the child in the face. <laughs> Look where you're going!
0: Right. Pick the child up and snapped them over his knee. Would you like to know more about Mr. Ames? Yes. Because I found an article. So these stories are now a little out of sequence but I'm doing them in this order for a reason. <laughs> this article is way back in June 2000 Rob. June 2000 over a decade ago. The, 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 the headline is, Snakes Alive, The Eagle Has Landed. Here's the article. Real-life action man Alan Ames lost three teeth when dive-bombed by a falcon which flew into his jaw at 130 oh miles God. per hour. But back when I met him, his missing dentistry did not stop me wanting to check the back of his neck to make sure he didn't have a plastic switch making his eyes move. The six-foot-something ex-soldier and manager of Ainsford Eagle Heights Bird Sanctuary is a booming barrel of energy and enthusiasm, and he laughs hard when we meet. In four years, he has built up Eagle Heights, just outside Ainsford, in Kent, in South East England, to to South East England's leading bird of prey conservation centre. Despite his lack of formal qualifications, Alan's <laughs> infectious enthusiasm for wildlife allowed the centre to grow. It was established in 1996 is now home to 130 different birds from 40 species and has a fine collection of snakes and exotic reptiles. On the day I visited... Really? The, oh, so, so, I thought you said it was, it was a falcony centre. I think it was a bird of prey centre, Ainsford Heights. So why has he got lizards there? Uh, because it, it's far more than that, as you will hear of deadly creatures. On the day I visited trained. On the well (laughs) keep keep, keep listening. On the day I visited, the animals were joined by at least fifty equally wild school kids on a half term trip. Alan said. Alan said, Let's get you one of the snakes out, shall we? I don't argue. The monster he grabbed was a ten foot long Burmese python. Apparently they kill their prey by suffocating them. Alan's advice? Don't squeeze it. The snake, whose name is Nigel. is heavy love that <laughs> is heavy and to my surprise not at all slimy but he wriggles and writhes and he seems very interested in having a closer look at my neck considering my only previous experience of snakes was a childhood relationship with a furry snake shaped teddy I called <laughs> Sir Snugglekins I think I cope rather well when he says relationship just out of interest who gives a child a furry snake and what can I ask you what is a snake shaped teddy I do want to point out a teddy is a teddy A teddy bear is a teddy bear. You can't have a snake-shaped teddy. You can have a snake-shaped soft toy, but not a snake-shaped teddy. That's like (coughs) saying a snake-shaped human being. (laughs) Good point, good point. Yeah, I like that. Next, Alan wants to introduce me to Nancy, the American bald eagle. Nancy has a wingspan of two metres and is one of the largest birds of prey in the world. She also has a vicious-looking hook-shaped beak. It certainly didn't do my nerves any good when Alan shoved the body of a dead chick into my gloved hand and started to shout, Here, Nancy, come and get your dinner. Now, I've attracted some big birds in my time, but Nancy is definitely the most frightening. The hungry carnivore bore down on my arm at incredible speed, her wings spread and beak open. The poor chick in my hand didn't stand a chance, and Nancy wasn't planning on stopping. Using her beak to grab the food, she ripped the chick's head from its body as she whistled across my arm. Oh, God. Such was the force and speed of her attack that I was left stunned with the sickly innards of a baby chick <laughs> dripping down my face. I grimaced, Alan laughed, and the kids loved it. I was about to say about
1: the kids. I thought it might be horrified, but obviously Do you not,
0: not think the article's written in quite a peculiar way? It doesn't sound like it's an enjoyable day out, does it? But, but, but it, such was the force and speed of her attack that I was left stunned, with the sickly innards of a baby chick dripping down my <laughs> face. It's not mainstream journalism, is it, that? That's so, not... uh, but I think we could, it's fair to say you can imagine that, that, that scenario. So, so it was vivid. Yeah, that person is a wannabe novelist, aren't they? Absolutely. And unfortunately, I can't name them. It's not. It's not listed who. Sure. Ready for the next story? And as I say, I've done this in a specific order, which you'll find out. I'm right. hoping there's an escalation. Okay, Monday, twenty third of May, two thousand and five. Five years later, a bald eagle with a six foot wingspan is on the loose in Dartford after making a great <laughs> escape from a bird sanctuary. <laughs> it's the same bird, by the way.
1: Oh man, the bird had two me How is it? it-
0: it's grown. It was, it must have Six metres? The huge bird of prey was taking part in a display at Eagle Heights Bird of Prey <laughs> Centre oh, in God. Dartford yesterday when it made a bid for freedom. The bird, a 14-year-old, has been at the centre for more than 13 years and is described as friendly by her owners. According to the sanctuary, she was hatched in 1993 at... At a, a, at a zoo in Winnipeg, Canada, from disabled parents, and was imported into the UK at six months of age. She is a sanctuary star attraction and has visited hundreds of schools in the southeast over the years. Her owners say they're very worried about her and are desperate to get her back safely. Police are urging members of the public oh to report God, any yes. sightings. She could be anywhere in northeast London, Kent, Essex, or even Suffolk areas.
1: Sorry, one key thing there the owners are worried about the bird.
0: Yeah. I don't think they should be worried about that bird in the slightest. I think the general public should be worried about that bird. Don't worry, Rob. It's, that was in 2005. I have the next article by Jolene Hill. Lost eagle makes return to flight home. An escaped bird of prey is safe and sound after she was spotted in a tree by an eagle-eyed resident. This is the sixth time the bird, who has spent all her life in captivity, has flown the roost.
1: E- a- eagle-eyed resident? You, no, you, you, that's not eagle. You'll be able
0: to see that oh, a it's, a pun, it's a pun. Oh, it's a clever yeah, pun the ball. It, yeah. a tracking device has helped to find crazy. her on previous occasions but panic arose after the device failed to work this time <laughs> really? Mr. Ames said it's only a matter of time before she flies off again it happens every 18 months or so but we've got a more powerful tracking device so hopefully it will work
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay I'm starting
1: to get a picture of this now he's basically pissed off the local community is that were your theory he just said this, this, this I'm sorry this creature which uh, it could quite
0: easily kill someone Tends to fly off every 18, 18 months, months so. but, but don't worry about it. Right, you ready, Rob? 29th of March, 2010. So we're quite recent. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Eagle Heights owner fears closure of Animal Park. Right. A zookeeper claims he has been given an ultimatum by the council <laughs> to, to get rid of his animals or face closure. Now, what sort of a zoo did I tell you this was earlier? a dodgy one no what type of animals did it keep yeah,
1: but there's also the one thing you said right at the beginning when you said when you the first story not the first story but you started talking about how he has no qualifications
0: yes right okay
1: he's just an ex-soldier who keeps yeah animals he started it off he started it off just purely on his own and, and,
0: and uh, yeah he's training these animals that, this is his own private army A zookeeper claims he has been given an ultimatum by the council to get rid of his animals or face closure. Eagle Heights owner Alan Ames has been told he needs to upgrade his wildlife parks perimeter (laughs) fence because he has potentially dangerous animals on site, such as cheetahs and a camel. (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell... Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Seven Oaks District Council met with Mr Ames on Thursday, March the 25th, following a routine defra inspection, which concluded that his current fence needs upgrading before his zoo licence expires in two years' time. But the council has told Mr Ames he's unlikely to get planning permission to put up the type of fence required as the zoo falls on Greenbelt land in Amesford. However, it says he would not need a fence if the animals were no longer on the site and the park reverted to its original use as a bird of prey centre. Jesus Christ. This is a picture of uh the, the people in the zoo, including Mr Ames, with a, with one of the cheetahs.
1: Oh my god.
0: If Mr Ames does not comply, the council says it could be forced to close a Lullingston Lane site to the public. The first of the animals, a cheetah named Savannah, arrived three years ago, and since then two more cheetahs have been brought in as well as a caiman. Uh, is a for that back do you remember the spectacled caimans that we yeah, talked I about? So is that an alligator? Has he got uh, alligators yes, as well? So, I would think so, yeah. Of course he has. Mr Ames, who visits around hundred schools each year lecturing on his work. I'm sure he does. Says, says he has no idea where the animals would go. He has been invited.
1: he just turns up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cheater it, in his arm. He says he has no idea where the animals would go if the park lost its licence. He said, This is incredulous. It's just come out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> the will to carry on is slowly being beaten out of me. I've spent the last fourteen years trying to do something useful and educate people, and now I don't know what to do. He added, "I'm an expert in my field, and I'm treated, <laughs> and I'm treated like a cretin." Man, killing. <laughs> and I'm treated like a cretin. Seven Oaks District does not deserve Eagle Heights. This should be the environmental jewel in their crown, and it isn't. If the council wants a war, they can have one. He's still yes. He's still stuck in the war. Whatever war he's fought oh, in, in the army, you know he's what? stuck in it. A council spokesman said. The council is keen to see this valuable tourist attraction continue in the district and will will work closely with the owners to try and secure the centre's ongoing viability within the limits of the legislation applicable to zoos. If Eagle Heights fail to comply with conditions specified within its Zoo Licensing Act, then ultimately the council has the power to direct that Eagle Heights or part of it be closed to the public, but it is hoped that the council and the owners of Eagle Heights will continue to work together to ensure Eagle Heights complies fully with the licence conditions. you know the Marvel comic The Punisher? I can just imagine he night. is the if, Yeah.
1: if this, if the zoo gets closed down oh. he will systematically start picking off the members of the council I hate
0: to say this but I think it would be sort of Raoul Moat scenario it will be they won't see it they won't see it coming it's a chilling prediction Rob
1: yeah you have to get a, just a, get a good mental image you just you're walking out when, some of the council members are walking out the council chamber down the front steps and there he is atop his camel yeah. with a falcon on one arm <laughs> and he just points and the falcon swoops down and kills them all in one go
0: that's going to happen. Rob, there were 34 comments on this article. I have, I'm not going to read all 34 comments. I've streamed them down, but they are brilliant. Okay. Okay. The first comment from Erastus says, If Eagle Heights is such a valuable tourist attraction, how come I've never heard of it in all my years of, <laughs> in all my years of living in Kent? <laughs> this says everything. There's a retort to that comment from right. John Hemming Clark, who says, Because, one, you don't have any children, and stroke or, two, you don't get out much. If Sevenoaks District Council doesn't want Eagle Heights, might I suggest the relocation to Scadbury Park in Chislehurst, where we are slightly more forward-looking? Aristus <laughs> retorts okay. back, number one, how do you know, in, que- in reply to the comment that you don't have any children, and two... Obviously, you are the one who doesn't get out very much. I asked a very simple question, and you dare to come back with infelth. You suggest... How arrogant to suggest the people of Chiselhurst are slightly more forward-looking than those of Sevenoaks. I think you should definitely get out more. You are most definitely a snob of the highest order, like most Chiselhurstites are.
1: I, I can't... So this is just basically just turning into, into an argument two rival times. And
0: that does, that does go on, and I've, omit, I've admitted <laughs> it got too tedious. That's the, next, the next comment is from Daisy Matt, who says... I totally agree with Seven Oaks District Council. When I read last week that this man was keeping cheetahs at Eagle Heights, <laughs> I immediately wondered if the animals were being, being properly looked after. What qualifications does this man have to set himself up as a zookeeper? And I wondered about the safety of the people living nearby, if any of these animals escaped. She's probably the only sane voice in all of this, isn't she?
1: Why, why, why have Sevenoaks Council not questioned the fact that he has no qualifications?
0: Well, Enigma... The commenter Enigma says, Daisy Matt, rest assured, Alan is quite suitable to look after these animals. Also, the cheetah is more likely to be scared of people rather than on the attack. I do not believe, for one second, that a cheetah is more... I I do, I've never, I do not believe... Consider, we have no idea where this cheetah came from... There, there is nothing. No, suggest- they actually. They, they imported. it. They have some agreement with some somewhere in Africa. They're, they're part of some conservation fund, and that's how they brought it over. Although, how you did all that with having the, without having the license to do it in the first place? Well, you just got it shipped over, did you? On coach class on biz- I, I, I British Airways. I refuse to believe that. Tuta is more afraid of us than we are of it. Pauline Jones says. I'm sorry to say, Mr. Ames, that it's a sad fact of life that health and safety legislation is strangling oh, every business course. in this country to the, point, yeah. to the point that they go out of business and you are not alone. You have a wonderful and unique facility that both myself and my children have all enjoyed over the years. Mark my words, you won't be able to go to the toilet at work in 2015 without a risk assessment being done. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is completely different. This man has got cheetahs. <laughs> cheetahs are deadly. They're also aren't they, the fastest mammal on earth. Yeah. Are they a mammal? Yes, because has yeah. got hair. There, oh, well, yeah. yeah, see. Kay says at least one cheetah has been at Eagle Heights for three years. Could the council have not said Me- something? At before? least one. Yeah, surely you have to apply for a permit to own such an animal. They've got three, and she's saying that one of them. They've got been- three. Yeah, I said that earlier. Oh. And she says one of them has been there for three years. How come it's taken the council that long <laughs> to notice? Aristus is back. Okay. He says perhaps if Eagle Heights were better advertised, more of us would have heard of it. Believe it or not, there are people in this world whose children have grown up and moved away and no longer receive this kind of information from their mouths. Surely can no one disagree with me that if this is indeed such a valuable tourist attraction, the chances are tourists would not read the news shopper on a regular basis or alarm their children to suggest they spend their money there. Or are all the tourists from Sevenoaks and Chislehurst? <laughs> it's hardly Windsor Safari Park or Howlett's, is it? There is no Windsor
1: Safari Park.
0: Yeah, Rob's um, parents live in Windsor. There is A, a Windsor Safari Park sounds uh, familiar to me as a name. It's Woburn well I don't know because he just made a because well, we
1: safari can Safari Park sounds really we cool. can all make up fictional Safari parks to compare it to I love Leicester
0: Safari and Safari Park well if it, well, let, Middlesbrough can you research that between now and the next Mid- show Middlesbrough Donkey Sanctuary <laughs> <laughs> Yapov who's now they're retorting to Aristus, who seems to be winding everyone up Polish they said as this befuddled buffoon lives in the <laughs> London borough of Bexley no wonder he's never heard of it he doesn't even know where he lives let alone where anything else is senility is a sad thing um, somebody else has commented back to Aristos. Right. Helen James says, Sorry, but who exactly qualified you to be making comments like this? I am a season ticket holder at Eagle Heights. What? You can become a season ticket holder? How did I not know this? And have been for many years. You quite clearly what know... What does that entitled to, entitled you to? You quite clearly know nothing about Eagle Heights and are therefore completely unqualified to speak of it. I understand every man is entitled to his opinion, but your comments are simply ludicrous. The reason they are not better advertised is because it's run by a family of four animal lovers and they push every penny they have into their projects, enclosures and anything else that animals need. Perhaps the reason Howletts is better advertised is because they are a lot larger and have other sources of income to the park which aren't available to people like the Ames family. I think it is simply ignorant to compare them to places such as this. They are totally different and pride themselves in being so. They are one of the only places I have ever been that bring their animals from their enclosures and recreate natural behaviour for stimulation and enjoyment. I think this is much better than watching animals pay up and down and looking simply bored something which I have seen at Howletts. Next time you want to get on your high horse Aristos, I suggest you have the evidence to back it up. Don't trample over somebody else's 14 God, years of hard work so. and dedication if you know nothing of it. I've had many con- con- uh, conversations with the family as they are always more than happy to give their time to explain the situations they're facing. Perhaps you should take a trip up there this bank holiday and see for yourself. Do you get the feeling that comment was actually by Mr Ames? Absolutely. I actually, I I mean,
1: I'm going to turn my computer on because it is with me and I just want to Google, first of all, if there's a Windsor Safari Park
0: and also what a season ticket entitles you to. No, don't, don't look anything up about Eagle Heights, you'll ruin my story. Rob, you're doing it right, so you've just looked up Windsor Safari Park and? I should
1: probably apologise to Eris, yes, there was a Windsor Safari Park which closed down in
0: 1992, 20 years ago. He's obviously, you know, long stayed in his memory. Okay, so Daisy Matt... uh, Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Robski, who's replying to Daisy Matt... It's not me. um, Daisy Matt was the one who said that she agrees with Oaks District Council and said, what qualifications does this guy have to do it? Mm. Robsky says to her, This is a typical reaction of people who are unaware of Alan's work and have not seen the cheetahs at Eagle Heights for themselves. When you visit, it is clear to see that the cheetahs are loved and cared for, especially by Alan's son, Jonathan. Alan and his family have a wealth of experience and are trying to make a difference in the world of animals. The cheetahs and camel are only potentially dangerous, in quotes. You don't require a zoo fence around a field of horses in case they escape and potentially trample you to death. Many zoos around the world bring cheetahs into public areas on a harness just to show they're not as dangerous as other big cats. If the Eagle Heights cheetah was that dangerous, do you really think I'd be standing two metres away from it taking a photograph? Monday the 11th of July 2011. (laughs) Right cheetah attacks two men at Eagle Heights Animal (laughs) Centre can you see why I ordered the stories in this way oh come on visitors at Eagle Heights Animal Centre were left shocked (laughs) sorry this article is in the news shop where it's from Abigail Woodcock visitors at Eagle Heights Animal Centre were left shocked after two staff members were mauled by the cat and only escaped after it was sprayed in the face with a fire extinguisher (laughs)
1: Sorry, what?
0: Chartered surveyor Michael Cooper paid £24 to take his two young sons, six-year-old Jamie and six-month-old Harry for a day out at the park on Sunday. The 42-year-old said... I was among 50 people who witnessed this event with my children. The staff were jokingly describing that they were filming the cheaters to prove to the local authority that they were friendly. So, obviously, in a bit to show that these animals... That he doesn't need a licence, he doesn't need dispense. They're, they're, that's the irony of it. They're filming them to say... This, this is unbelievable. The, proof. the man sent in to film was looking rather uncomfortable. But we were assured... <laughs> but we were assured the cheaters would only go for the fluffy microphone. And if it looked like he was going to get eaten, not to worry. The cheetahs were let loose what? and without, the cheetahs were let loose and without hesitation one of them went for the cameraman. <laughs> not even oh, interested. Not even interested in the fluffy microphone, one decided to bite into the man's leg. Oh the, my god. The cheetah had taken quite a few bites and scratches from both the cameraman and the trainer, ripping the shorts off one in one close swipe of the paw. The two men managed to sit on the cheetah's head while another member of staff ran for a fire extinguisher, which took several more minutes to collect. Oh. He was very lucky to escape with his life. That's all quotes from the guy who was there with his kids and witnessed this. The park regularly puts on shows where staff give short talks about cheetahs before playing games with them in an enclosed space. Following the, inc- following the incident, both men were taken to hospital where they were given jabs and had their wounds dressed. Both are back at work this week. Eagle Heights owner, Alan Ames, 55, told New Shopper he was surprised by the attack but says it was, in quotes, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the father of two who visits 100 schools in... <laughs>
1: There is something fundamentally wrong with this man. Who describes a cheetah attack as not a big deal? A duck attack is not a big deal. A cheat attack that could have been
0: life-threatening. I have to admit, when I originally read this story, I was almost on the floor when I read that comment. Um, the father of two who visits around 100 schools each year lecturing on his, wo- lecturing on his work said, it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> <laughs> what it was only our youngest cheetah Xena who reacted in that way she can be a bit feisty but usually she's as good as gold what happened is very unfortunate and we take it very seriously but it's not like but you don't take it seriously this quote as a minor incident you want to hear how seriously he takes it listen to this quote Rob I love this quote what happened is very unfortunate and we take it very seriously but it's not like somebody getting their arm ripped off by a gorilla <laughs> and we take it very seriously, but it's not like oh. somebody getting their arm ripped-
1: <laughs> Out oh, my side.
0: It's not like oh. somebody getting their arm ripped off by a gorilla. You can take all the precautions in the world, but these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could have taken
1: more... You could have taken more precautions than that, couldn't you? But, Alex, I mean, I don't know, but... If... There's, there's an attack by a, a wildcat, I don't know. But for me, sure, you're trying to date it, you wouldn't just get a fire extinguisher and show it and just squirt it in, in the face <laughs> of the cheetah. Showing that's going to make it more annoyed.
0: Do you know what? I hadn't even thought that. <laughs> that does sound hideously unprofessional. <laughs> it just sounds like getting him a stick and hitting him with it. I've got, I've got oh to get through this gosh. quote, Rob, because it gets better. I'm going to read it from the beginning again because it just gets, oh. it just, it just gets more and more layered. This. What happened is very unfortunate, and we take it very seriously. But it's not like somebody getting their arm ripped off by a gorilla. You can take all the precautions in the world, but these things happen. I don't know what people expect. If they want to live in a perfect world, they are deluding themselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so He's basically suggesting if they want to live in this idea of uh, this, you know, this utopia then they should expect cheetah attacks. <laughs> is, that, is that what he's perceiving for humanity?
0: Uh, do you know what he then goes on to say? Mr. Ames says children's behaviour at the park could have been a contributing factor to the <laughs> incident. <interview. laughs>
1: uh. Okay,
0: he I, says. I to... He says we have signs up in the park asking them not to tease the cheetahs, but parents let them get on with it. It infuriates me. <laughs> so that people bending the back of a sign. Yeah, hang on a minute. People bending the back of a sign and teasing the cheetahs infuriates him. But he says if you get attacked by a cheetah, yeah, you should, you should, you should not worry about it, and it's no big deal. <laughs> Mr. Ames says he will reevaluate the way future shows are run at the park but insists that the cheetahs are not a danger to visitors. Oh, God. Opened in 1996, Eagle Heights houses 130 birds of prey, 26 rescued husky dogs, a camel, a caiman, <laughs> two meerkats, two pigs and some goats. And, and the cheetahs. Um, That's unbelievable. July 2011, a follow-up on the cheetah attack story. This man should be giving his own reality TV show. <laughs> it's by Abigail Woodcock. He's changed his tone now, Mr. Ames. Right. A gamekeeper who was mauled by a cheetah at a wildlife park in Ainsford says the cat is not dangerous. Is this a separate incident? No, no, this is the same incident. He says, the cat is not dangerous, just hormonal, in quotes. Right, Okay. No, I can kind of send that. That's fine. news shop reported last week that Johnny Ames, the son, and Luke Foreman, the cameraman, presumably, were attacked by the animal at Eagle Heights and only escaped after it was sprayed in the face with a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Both men were left with scratches to their legs and arms who were not seriously hurt. It happened during a demonstration in front of around 50 visitors, including concerned parent Michael Cooper, who believed the men were lucky to escape with their lives. But Johnny Ames, who's obviously as deluded as his father, who raised one-year-old Zena from a cub, says a visit from the park's vet confirmed that the cat is not a danger. The 25-year-old who'd escaped with teeth marks through his arm said it's the first time she has shown real aggression. It was just harmless play, really. She's growing into maturity, so she's the equivalent of a teenager. She's just hormonal. She was just testing us, but she didn't get away with it. <laughs> Johnny says both he and Luke were fine after the incident. He added, all we have to be careful about is that the wounds don't get infected and we're taking antibiotics. We're not anxious about being back inside the enclosure. We just hope the incident doesn't overshadow the work we do in educating people about cheetahs." Um, th- can I just want to say something about that? It will overshadow it. And the reason it will overshadow it is, yeah, if you went to, let's say, in Argos one day, a worker in Argos went crazy, pulled out a gun, and shot a lot of customers, yeah. that would overshadow the other things <laughs> that Argos does. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting anything like that has happened or will happen in Argos. No. In April this year, Seven Oaks District Council told park staff they would need an upgraded zoo licence to take account of the cheetahs and the camel, both listed as Category 1 animals. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Council bosses said a stronger and higher perimeter fence was needed. The council issued a current zoo licence in 2006 before many of the Category 1 animals, such as the camel and cheetahs, were added to the collection. Right. The Zoo Licensing Act categorises zoo animals into three risk levels on the basis of their likely ferocity and ability to cause harm. Category 1 is the highest risk. Mr Ames is currently appealing against the decision, but said he may have to move the wildlife wildlife park somewhere else if he can't afford to build a new fence. So he's appealing against the fact that, that cheaters are categorised. Oh, no, no, he, he, I think he's appealing against, He's still appealing this decision where they're saying you're going to need an upgraded do licence. Why? I don't know! It's he's a deadly like, animal! Uh, do you want to hear the comments? But apparently, he's been teased by school children. Chalky McCall's back. <laughs> he says A certain notorious animal keeper once had a perfectly friendly tiger which had never been aggressive to anybody in its entire life. One day, it grabbed a person's head and tore their jaw off while shattering most of the rest of the skull in mere seconds. They were lucky enough to survive against all odds, but not without major long-term problems. Human contact with big cats only serves one purpose in all situations, which is human ego. The people that pay the price are those who are unfortunate enough to be there when those funny few seconds arise. The next commenter is Big Cat Man, oh, here we go. who says, For Eagle Heights staff and owners to come out with such a daft story and somewhat past-the-buck nonsense is ironically what you would expect from them. To blame a cheetah for being hormonal with daft. It's the keeper and their duty of care that is at fault, and sadly, Eagle Heights fail to even understand their own failings. Absolutely. Shameful and utter trash, and I hope Seven Oaks will take notice of this daft press release and close the park down as it's not fit for purpose. Melissa 67 says, this is my favourite comment. OK. I am very confused, and to be honest with you, a bit cross. My son witnessed this incident, <laughs> and it was not very pleasant. We were told it was due to the fact that the keeper still had remains of dead chicks in his pocket from feeding the bird. First- <laughs> <laughs> from what? feeding the birds of prey probably not so you know they use these dead chicks to feed the birds of prey as you heard earlier so yeah. they're saying the dead chicks were left in the guy's pocket and that's why the cheetah went for them because he smelt the dead chicks right so understand? basically she's been lied to probably not very sensible but I accept that mistakes happen however a couple of days after the incident Mr Ames himself comes on here blaming the behaviour of the children who actually were perfectly well behaved which is it Mr Ames and now he's saying they're hormonal Okay, Rob, last story, bit on this. Eagle Heights owner, Alan Ames, to get a new zoo licence. Seven Oaks District Council has found he has Category 1 animals on his reserve. Mm-hmm. The draft will outline conditions Mr Ames has to meet in order for the park to remain open with the animals, which includes three cheetahs and a camel. <laughs> if Mr Ames, who used to be in the army, does not accept the new conditions, he can appeal them at Magistrates Court. So it's not straightforward. They haven't just said, yeah, go ahead. I think they're still saying you've got to have the well, high fence um, and everything Well, it's understandable, understandable, to be fair. Speculating on what the conditions could be, Mr. Ames told Newshopper he may be required to upgrade the park's perimeter fence, but he says he's unlikely to get planning permission from the council to put up the type of fence required because the zoo falls on Greenbelt Louds. Yep. Sounds like they want him out, doesn't it? He told Can you he, blame them? <laughs> he told Newshopper. as a result the park might have to close or move elsewhere. The father of two, who visits around 100 schools each year lecturing on his work, said, My life has been a misery since this happened. Oh the effect this has had has been unbelievable. We feel total despondency. We are the greatest environmental reserve in this area, but it could all be destroyed. I'm not a politician. I'm a warrior. This is not the first time Eagle Heights has had problems with the council, the new shopper says. And this is going to return us to some of the earlier stories. In September 2009, Mr. Ames had his appeal to keep a mobile home on site for security, rejected after the council found it breached Greenbelt land regulations. Mr. Ames says he was consequently forced to sleep in his car to guard the wildlife park, (laughs) which had suffered a spate of break-ins and theft. Mr. Ames, who has since bought guard dogs for the park, said, I've had so many break-ins. Being robbed and living in fear of what will happen next is awful. I
1: want to go to this place so badly.
0: Comments, and this is the end of this this whole story, Rob. Five Arches says, Hi, I sit here wondering why nobody attempted to steal the cheetahs. They would have been more fun than a few ferrets. (laughs) (coughs) Fair point. And they would have been quite a catch for that bestiality ring. They would, yeah. Modern Toss says... I've got to say, my sympathies lie with Eagle Heights here. It's a terrific place, and Mr. Ames works tirelessly to educate local people about his animals, and it would be a great shame to lose such a good place of interest in the area. They're not going to. A pity the council jumps all over one man and one caravan, yet runs scared when it comes to travellers shacking up on Greenbelt land all over Bromley and Kent. <laughs> Easy target, eh? I just want to remind you, he has cheetahs, one of which was has attacked people. Rob, last comment. Okay. Guess who the last comment's from? Oh, it was Mr. Erith. No. Oh. Mr. It- Ames. <gasps> Mr a, what a special time. He came on to comment, so we're gonna the last word on everything is gonna be with the zookeeper himself. He says, Time for me to say something. Eagle Heights is a lifetime's dream. All I've ever been interested in is wildlife, adventure, and trying to understand how the natural world works, and this includes the human animal. I'm at present trying to finish a book titled From the Valley to the Abyss. <laughs> He's been reading it for fifteen years. Which no, he's you know he's writing it. I was writing it. He's trying to write a book, and I love the title "From the Valley to the Abyss." I'm hoping it's a sci-fi novel. I think it's about his depression. (laughs) Which lack of a caravan. Which is the story of the journey of man from the Rift Valley in Africa to the abyss, which we are now heading with ever frightening speed. If you look at the, (laughs) I am worried about him. Aren't you, (laughs) Rob? Brilliant. If you look at the ludicrous antics of modern man, you can see it is now the most socially the most socially dysfunctional creature on the planet. So I'm worried because he hates humans. This yes. is brilliant. Also, I was not born cynical, angry, or disillusioned. Other people made me this way. I was really hoping he was cynical. War made me this way. <laughs> no, but Robert's even worse. Other people made me this way. So he hates the general public. <laughs> Despite the fact I am prone to passionate outbursts due to the nonsense that we are continually subjected to, I am um, not a troublemaking anarchist. Should anyone have any questions about the lunacy that I've had to put up with, please ask. I will answer you honestly. I would go on live TV opposite the council to show the truth. Would they take me up on this, do you think? When asked, so we either do what you tell us or you shut us down, the council's reply is, yes, that's about it. I have this on tape. So he's been taping the council. He's doing them up and taping them. 16 years work, 25 jobs, and in the opinion of not just me, the greatest environmental educational resource the areas has at the mercy of people with no vision and zero intellect. As someone famous once said, in quotes, <laughs> the law was made for the obedience of fools or the guidance of wise men. He continues, it was not put in place for those with a little bit of power that they are not responsible or wise enough to have to abuse for their personal agenda. So he's really got a vendetta against Sevenoaks District Council. If you want to know what is going on, or why we have cheaters, or what we're about, or what I stand up for why I stand up for what I know to be wrong, or anything about Eagle Heights at all whatsoever, ask me. Do not make uneducated comments or assumptions. Stick your questions on there and I'll answer them, as I have nothing to hide. There is nothing more I could ask for than a public platform. If you wish to discuss anything that you do not want to put on here, here is my personal email, which I'm not going to give out, or you can come and see me. Um, no, thank. <laughs> could you imagine that invite? Someone
1: just knocks on his door and go, got a few bones to pick with you, with his three cheetahs, a camel, 26 huskies. This man, I mean, I, 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 it sounds like he might be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: <laughs> I, but I do think, I think, I think if this licence ever gets revoked, it could, this could be serious.
1: I could just imagine him sitting in his car, just stroking a cheetah, and a shotgun in the other hand, just waiting...
0: Waiting bleeding. for somebody to bend that sign again. Yeah. Because, I mean... So you're suggesting the next article in Eagle Heights will be zookeeper shoots youth dead for spray painting no, 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 no. zoo wall. It wouldn't... It,
1: I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be that. It would just be shots heard in, the, in this vicinity... In the night. ...of Eagle Heights. Um, <laughs> police are investigating...
0: Because I don't think you would find the body. I, actually, I think he would feed it to his animals. I I actually think, just from my knowledge of psychology, I, do, I think you're wrong about saying that he would go. He would go on a random killing spree and kill people. I actually think he'd kill all the animals. Do you think it would be like if I can't have the animals, nobody has. We're all going to heaven together. <laughs>
1: just, oh my god! Just the thought of him shooting a duck. I mean, that's awful in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to do this.
0: <coughs> Shotgun. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Okay, that's the end of this um, podcast. So as per usual, we're going to give out the email address for you to email us in. So what we want is for you, look, everybody has news that goes on in their local area. We want you to email us stories that have interested you, that have amused you in your local area, wherever you live in the world. The email address is localanestheticpodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, you'll be able to spell all of that. It's all one word, but anaesthetic is a tricky word to spell. Rob, you are going to spell it for people. And then you're going to spell it using the nato or phonetic alphabet if you are bored of this please email us and tell because i i'm sure i'm not bored is... of it i enjoy it that's the important thing right go oh, okay
1: um do you need it do you need no, to see no no it? Okay, uh, go uh, I, can, I can point you at the top of my head
0: how do you spell anesthetic okay
1: it's alpha november alpha echo sierra tango hotel echo tango india sierra oh Eve, Bugs. sorry sorry oh, so last letter okay let me try this again Alpha, November, Alpha, Echo,
0: Sierra, Tango, Hotel, Echo, Tango, India, Charlie. And now, last week I enjoyed doing it, my own version. I needed. And I, what I've got an idea for is, Rob, I want you to give me a theme, and, I, and all the letters, all these words that I use to denote these letters have all got to be according to that theme. This is going to challenge me. I'm going to give you a real challenge this week. And what do you mean this week? This is the first time we've ever done it, so don't give me a real challenge. Start me off easy, come on.
1: Oh, I quite like this one. Go on
0: then. Okay, football teams. Okay. Well, the first one should be easy. Yeah, but okay. Arsenal, Norwich, Arsenal, Everton, Sunderland, Tottenham, Hotspur. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Hang on, Halifax. Nice. Everton, Tottenham. Ipswich.
1: You're not meant to help me. Oh, well, well, I'm sure they'd love to hear the dead air. Ipswich and Chelsea. Not dead air, we're not on radio. Yeah. Congratulations, that was very good.
0: Yeah. That sounded a bit... sorry. I, that, that was that was, I was sincere. It sounded slightly sarcastic. So you will uh, come up with another theme for me to do it according to you next week? Yeah. I did well there. Eh? Next week is exactly. after... I didn't need you to help me out with Ipswich. I don't want your help. Well, i you take care of it with Iceland. Anyway... Um, okay yeah. uh, so that is the end of um, episode 5 uh, it will be uh, the next episode will be up in about a week or so we yeah. hope yeah. you liked it like I said please email your stories
1: and we'd love to hear from you um, but otherwise have a lovely week yep god bless take care bye